Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com, the triumph of American democracy at its very foundation. We have got that story up first, plus other stories about pushing back and creating governments. But first, James, I'm just reminded of the classic St. Hicks joke about the, the Rodney King cops rolling into court. Excuse me, excuse me, giant balls coming through, big, bold, and in your face from Time Magazine. The secret history of the shadow campaign that saved the 2020 election. In a way, Trump was right. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. The surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse, little-noticed joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Both sides would both sides because there's only just the both sides would come to see it as a sort of implicit bargain inspired by the summer's massive, sometimes destructive racial justice protests in which the forces of labor came together with the forces of capital to keep the peace and oppose Trump's assault on democracy. The handshake between businesses and labor was just one component of a vast cross-partisan campaign to protect the election, an extraordinary shadow effort dedicated not to winning the vote, but to ensuring it would be free and fair, credible, and uncorrupted. For more than a year, a loosely organized coalition of operatives scrambled to shore up America's institutions as they came under simultaneous attack from a remorseless pandemic and an autocratically inclined president. Though much of this activity took place on the left, it was separate from the Biden campaign and crossed ideological lines with crucial contributions by nonpartisan and conservative actors. The scenario the shadow campaigners were desperate to stop was not a Trump victory. It was an election so calamitous that no result could be discerned at all. A failure of the central act of democratic self-governance that has been a hallmark of America since its founding. Their work touched every aspect of the election. They got states to change voting systems and laws and help secure hundreds of millions in public and private funding. They fended off voter suppression lawsuits, recruited armies of poll workers, and got millions of people to vote by mail for the first time. They successfully pressured social media companies to take a harder line against disinformation and use data-driven strategies to fight viral smears. They executed national public awareness campaigns that helped Americans understand how the vote count would unfold over days or weeks, preventing Trump's conspiracy theories and false claims of victory from getting more traction. After Election Day, they monitored every pressure point to ensure that Trump could not overturn the result. The untold story of the election is the thousands of people of both parties who accomplished the triumph of American democracy at its very foundation, says Norm Eisen, prominent lawyer and former Obama official who recruited Cokes and Pepsis. James, it goes on and on and on. It is a giant article. But put simply, as folks have said essentially in the tweets and the replies, no, there wasn't a massive secretive cooperative effort between government agencies and corporations to rig the election. It was just a massive secret cooperative effort between government agencies and corporations to change the rules of the election. James? Well, to save the election, right? And yeah, I've seen people freaking out about this story online. And obviously, I understand why, because of the way that time has 
chosen to promote this, the the type of imagery they've used, the lead that they use talking about, yeah, there was a shadowy cabal and that kind of stuff, obviously all red, juicy meat for conspiracy realists in the crowd who see that, see that this is like a several thousand word article. I'm not going to read it all. I read that paragraph. Good enough. I know what this is about. It's about them admitting they rigged the the, the selection. Well, no, not really. And I would suggest people, if you are going to talk about this article, please actually read it. <laughs> because I see a lot of people talking about it as if they see know what's in here. The, it, it really doesn't contain any, wow, amazing, wow, they've just admitted the conspiracy. No, they absolutely nothing. In fact, they try to frame it all around, I mean, as if there's a central character here. It's this Mark Podhorzer guy who's a senior advisor to the president of the AFL-CIO, and they try to make this seem like this was the guy that was coordinating all this different activity and blah, blah, blah. Let's do a little uh, control F search through this document for uh, transition integrity project. No. Uh, 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 John Podesta. No. Uh, Bill Crystal. No. Uh, David Frum. Max Boot. No, 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 no. Nothing to do with any of that. It's all the AFL-CIO working together with, uh, you know, various leftist organizations. And, and all they were doing was raising money from the Chan Zuckerberg initiative to, uh, to help fund the hundred of millions of dollars that the election administrators need, because it takes, of course, hundreds of millions of dollars to get people to go to a booth and write a ch- ch- check a box every once every four years, right? And, uh, you know, it's all about how they you know, got people to do the mail-in voting and blah, blah, blah. So nothing, there is zero in here that's, uh, that's even interesting or relevant. They just use that as a hook, obviously clickbait, to get you to click on the article so that you will feed their beast um, with their advertising revenue. So, words of the wise, don't do that. Go to the archive version if you are going to read this story. Do not read it on their servers. And secondly, yeah, there's nothing in here of any substance or import like what you and me and other people in the alt media were talking about with the Transition Integrity Project and that sort of thing. But then the underlying other double sort of layer of this, of course, is that once again, it gets us concentrating on the selection. Oh my God, do you know these selections are rigged? Oh, I never ever would have imagined that. And it's never happened before in history. And this is a special time in history. And it's so important which shadow is running this the, the play on the cave wall so that we know who to boo and who to jeer and who to cheer for when the shadows parade across our vision. It's all distraction. All of this is total distraction nonsense. This article I don't think is really worth your time, but read it, actually read it, and you'll see there's really nothing of substance in here. Uh, If anything, they're trying to, I think they're trying to front run all of the, oh, they're talking about conspiracies and they're talking about just stolen election. No, 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 you see, it was just this. It was this guy at the AFL-CIO co- coordinating this effort to save the election. That's all that was going on. And they'll double get you because they'll say, they'll show you going, oh, look, they're admitting the conspiracy. And they'll go, you didn't even read the article, did you? And people will be busted. I mean, so it's basically, <laughs> this article is about how much they rigged it it's like Russia Facebook ads that flipped it for Swamp Thing four or five years ago. It's essentially it's about the same thing. Remember, new look, same great taste. Uh, a couple of other related stories from some of those like conspiracy peddling sites, because as you noted, as you just said, conspiracies are so hot. Uh, and a reminder that the shadows on the wall might not really matter. Uh, why Biden's virtual border could be worse than Trump's wall. That comes from the nation and Pentagon will deploy active troops to support COVID-19 vaccination sites. That comes from NPR, which 
I hear is actually a U.S. government connected and funded news outlet. Don't don't tell anybody about it. But they <laughs> funnel that propaganda. Which and that's the thing. It, you know, if you're still and James, you you be proud of me. I'm I've I've gotten so much away from from Twitter. I haven't fully ripped off the the bandage yet. But scrolling through there the other day, I noticed just one of the. It's one of the RT sites. You know, they've got all their family of different sites. But, you know, right below it, it's got to have this big thing that says, this is Russian. They're connected to the Russian government. I never see that crap about NPR or all the other things that are funded with our thefts. So those, I like those two related stories. Again, kind of showing from NPR and the nation of them going, uh, oh, new boss, old boss, same thing. Which brings us to, I think, really our This Week in Pushback coverage Germany hired the Koch Institute, K-O-C-H, and this is not the, I, you know, it's not the Koch brothers. That's, I wonder, I was like, this is insane. Germany hired the Koch Institute, Koch Institute, and other scientists to justify unconstitutional lockdowns. This coming from Zero Hedge and everything, of course, we talk about is, like you said, always down in the show notes. Don't let my mangling of the headline lessen any of this. This is pretty stunning. One of Germany's largest newspapers, Die Welt has obtained evidence that the Interior Ministry hired scientists from the Robert Koch Institute and several universities to justify the country's strict lockdown measures. The documents, more than 200 pages recovered after a legal battle with the Koch Institute, reveal internal correspondence between the Ministry of the Interior and the researchers. In one exchange, State Secretary Marcus Kerber asks the researchers to develop a model on which to base preventative and repressive measures. Again, we need to go into Iraq. Can you gin up a bunch of lies for us to justify so we can put the cart before the horse? This is what they always do. So in four days, scientists working in close coordination with the ministry developed a working paper in secret, described a worst case scenario in which a million people in Germany die. Based on those dire predictions, the German state responded with sweeping legislation to longstanding laws to enact strict measures, as they always do. It's like the the Reichstag, you know, plan afterwards. Unprecedented lockdowns that began, what, 10 months ago? Two weeks to flatten the curve, though. This triggered a flurry of lawsuits challenging the constitutionality of the measures, ranging from lost income to isolation of the elderly to mandating that people remain in their homes and avoid public places in complete violation of, you know, the fundamental rights of personal freedom. Meanwhile, of course, German courts have been ruling against these restrictions. We'll include the links to read more about the Robert Koch Institute. But James, a listener sent me a video the other day before I even knew we were going to talk about this situation in Germany on this New World Next Week episode, showing German farmers driving tractors through the capital area day and night, making a racket for three weeks in protest. In other related pushback news, South Africa halts rollout of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccine after shot falters against the variant South Africa halting the rollout of AstraZeneca Oxford COVID-19 vaccine following a new analysis that suggests the shot provides minimal protection against mild disease caused by the new coronavirus variant circulating in South Africa and for the triple play of pushback. Any kind of pushback will take it. Swiss say no to that AstraZeneca vaccine while France restricts access. But James, is this going to be you know, I haven't brought it up in a long time. Like Soylent Green, people are going to beg for it, man. I want it. Why the scarcity? 
Yeah, exactly. Which uh, people will go back to my propaganda watch from last year about why why do people eat potatoes or whatever that was called, where I pointed out exactly this and about the swine flu uh, scamdemic of 2009. They did the exact same thing. They openly admitted, I have the clip in the CFR where they're discussing, well, we should just pretend that there's a scarcity of vaccines. That'll make people want them. So they, they openly talk about this. Anyway, yeah, James, come on, follow the science, which is following the money, which was provided by the politicians who are following the WHO, who are following the Gates crew and their plans. So, uh, yeah, this is exactly the way this works. And if this story in Germany seems familiar, it's because we saw the exact same thing happening in the US, in the UK, uh, the Imperial College model. Oh my God, 2.2 million deaths in the next six months unless we lock down everything and all of that other nonsense from Neil Ferguson, the, the serial scammer who's been wrong about every prediction, who was working with Imperial College, which was funded by the Gates Foundation, or you have the uh, IHME, the uh, Institute, uh, what is it, for Health Metrics and Evaluation in Washington State, funded by Gates, of course. I mean, uh, the, all, it's the same scam playing out in country after country. These models are provided dutifully by the people who are paid to provide them. Trust the science. It's totally objectively neutral. And lo and behold, it's it's used to justify the lockdowns, which then are struck down by the courts in the German case, which is, I think, the only surprising thing about all of this. Um, we'll see if that, that trend continues. But uh, at any rate, it shows that this is a complete fabrication, a house of lies. Um, the, the, the pushback on the vaccines is... I suppose, I mean, it's good just in the sense that, okay, there are some people who have at least had their their death sentence <laughs> held off, um, but uh, it doesn't fundamentally question the, absolute, the basis of this. Uh, getting vaccinations that have been emergency use approved in record time, no vaccination has ever come to market this quickly before ever in the history of anything, even assuming you need one at all for this horrible pandemic that kills you at the ripe young age of 94. Um, it is, it, it, there's so many things wrong with this, but at the very least, at least there is this being seeded into the public consciousness right now that, oh, you know, maybe these vaccines aren't 100% perfectly safe and effective in all cases like they're telling us. Why, why is it being rejected in Switzerland and South Africa and other places. So at least there is, the, I think, some seeds being planted in the public mind that there may be something going on here, but I don't think it fundamentally questions the scam itself, which is what we need. On that note, I'll point people to a uh, recent Mercola article about um, these uh, COVID-19 mRNA sh shots are legally not vaccines, which I think at least gets closer to the, the heart of the matter, which is even if you believe in the vaccinations and, and all of that, these aren't vaccines. This is gene therapy. And they are twisting the narrative in order to make it fit. And so I think that gets a little closer to the heart of what we're dealing with here. Well, and that reminds me, there was a, several months back, I covered a story about, I'll have to dig it up. It was essentially the Rachel Maddow show successfully used the argument in court that we're not news. Couldn't you tell that it was kind of a goofy segment with funny editing and things, and some of the language that it used? And it was good. And they won. They successfully won saying we're not actually news, so we can get away with doing they do. Actually, mea culpa, I should point out that I uh, the COVID-19 mRNA shots that I was talking about in the Mercola article are separate from the Oxford-AstraZeneca. 
That's the, the genetically engineered chimpanzee adenovirus shots. Those aren't mRNA shots. So those are two separate issues swirling around the emergency use authorization. But if you don't trust any of that, don't worry. The Russians have their Sputnik, which is also a genetically modified China, chimpanzee adenovirus vaccine. But it's Russian, so you can trust it, according to some people in the alternative media, right? Not I, us, right? I think, I think a great clip, if we've mentioned it here before, is that uh, uh, Ryan from Last American Vagabond, he he plays it a lot on the show. He almost kind of uses it as an intro, outro on his live streams. The 60 Minutes clip from the late 70s talking about the swine flu scam. That, I think, is a perfect one to send basically to our parents because they know that show and they remember that crap, man. That really, I think, kind of hits them and reminds them. Um Finally, here on New World Next Week, episode 437. You remember a long time ago when I was talking about the plot of RoboCop? Well, it's pretty much already here. Nevada bill would allow tech companies to create governments. Planned legislation to establish new business areas in Nevada. This is here in the States. This is where Las Vegas is. It's already, in some ways, I would think, I thought everything was legal there anyway. So maybe in some ways, this is maybe this is the next natural step. I don't know. Plan legislation to establish new business areas in Nevada would allow technology companies to effectively form separate local governments. Pepsi Governor Steve Sislak announced a plan to launch so-called innovation zones in Nevada to jumpstart the state's economy by attracting technology firms, as the Las Vegas Review-Journal reported last week. The zones would permit companies with large areas of land to form governments carrying the same authority as counties, including the ability to impose taxes, form school districts and courts, and provide government services. The measure to further economic development with the alternative form of local government has not yet been introduced into the legislature. Sislak named Blockchains LLC as a company that had committed to developing a smart city in the area east of Reno after the legislation has passed. Because they're already, again, running towards the point where they've just already passed all this. The zones would initially operate with the oversight of their location counties, but would eventually take over county duties and become independent governmental bodies. The pods, when planted near you, will take over your body while you sleep. Oh, wait, that's a, that's a different sci-fi horror film that we're being shoved into. James? Uh, you know, isn't there a name for this? What do you call it when there's technicians, scientists, engineers who are going to run a governmental... Uh, if only we had a name for this. Oh, we do! Technocracy! Yes, of course. This is the instantiation of technocracy or technofascism or whatever, whatever you want to term it. Um, here it is. They're trying to bring it into law. And we do have precedent for this because people will remember, hopefully, Sidewalk Labs. Remember that little project in Keyside in Toronto? Don't worry, guys. We're going to carve out this little space and we're going to make this beautiful smart city of the future. Which, of course, was all about scraping up every last bit of data from every human being and every single activity they engage in everywhere they go. Um, a nightmare that was described for example, at Patrick Woods Technocracy.news, Google's Sidewalk Labs, Smart Cities for Dumb Humans. Uh, that from November 2018, but people might remember the follow-up that we got, for example, in uh, May of 2020. Although, I think it happened before that point. But anyway, activist post, uh, Google affiliate cancels controversial Toronto Smart City project. So, this has been tried before, and was pushed back because people started to realize how much 
Uh, they were ceding to the tech giants when they started to carve out these special, you'll have free reign to do whatever you want in this space. Oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> well, I guess the people of Nevada will learn their lesson, hopefully, and hopefully this will get canceled too, but only if people are informed about what this really is and the real agenda underlying it. So I guess if there's anyone in our audience at this point who doesn't know the word technocracy and doesn't understand what that is or where it's going and doesn't understand the threat that big tech and its attempt to to hoover up all of the data that you produce uh, can have and uh, the fact that that is the nightmare dystopian vision of the future that we all want to avoid. If you don't know that, I suggest you get up to speed. You can type technocracy into my search bar. I know you've talked about it in the past, so uh, there's a lot of info out there. But uh, yeah, I think I think this is not going to be in the best interests of people. But um, uh, we'll see. We'll see how far it progresses and we'll see what form it ultimately ends up taking. James, the other night I was streaming sort of on the side as I often do. I love old movies. I was streaming Turner Classic Movies and they had this old film on called The Nuisance about basically an ambulance chasing lawyer. And in this film, which I wasn't really watching again, it was just on kind of on the side while I do my show prep. I heard the guy mention technocracy. I was like, oh, wow, that's that's right. This is from the 30s. Then a little bit later, he mentions eugenics. And then when he's really trying to basically mess up the city, he goes after one of the buses and pulls out the driver and says, you don't have your vaccination ID. It was blowing my mind. But those are for my amazing transitions here at the end. Those are the sorts of things I talk about here in the media monarchy kingdom where I generally stream news, music, memes and more live radio stream. I like to think of it as kind of what radio used to be like Monday through Friday, nine to five mountain time. Uh, but not next week. I'm going to take a much-needed week off, basically, from everything, which also includes this wonderful new world next week. James, thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. People will have to hang on, but I have, we'll see you in two weeks, and uh, I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about, so I'm looking forward to it. James, thanks for these stories. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs>